0: Welcome to Battleground, Wisconsin. Uh, My name is Robert Craig. I'm the executive director of Citizen Action of Wisconsin. Regular panelist here, but subbing for our usual host, Deputy Director Matt Broski, who is on a well-deserved vacation. As he was last week, he is back next week. Do not worry. This is not the beginning of Matt not being the host of Battleground, Wisconsin. And we're joined as always, or usually, unless she's on vacation or has a serious conflict concerning her work, uh, Priscilla Bort. Uh, the Movement Politics Director for Citizen Action. Uh, uh, hi, Priscilla, good morning.
1: Morning, morning, Robert. Happy Happy Thursday. Uh, happy Harley-Davidson anniversary weekend as well.
0: And then we have a special guest, uh, the a a very good friend of Citizen Action, our members and progressives all over the state, uh, State Representative Supreme Moore McConday, who's come out of the the trenches of the budget fight. So, Supreme, thanks for joining us.
2: Thank you all for having me. It's it's always good to be here amongst friends.
0: So, I want to start, and Supreme was involved in trying to help land it. Um, the Milwaukee City Council, Common Council, just took a very hard vote because of the terrible choice the Republicans uh, foisted upon the city of Milwaukee. They had to choose between a regressive sales tax and virtual bankruptcy, not technical me- memo to uh, MPS PolitiFact. I mean, not MPS, MJS, Milwaukee General Sentinel. I'm not talking about statutes. I'm talking about the way average people use the word bankruptcy. And so they had to take a very unpopular vote and uh, with two bad options because the the gerrymandered legislature uh, will not adequately fund uh, cities, counties, school districts, and Milwaukee is especially singled out as uh, as their bad child that they're going to punish and and uh, and make an example of. Uh, so, uh, Supreme, I know that you were close to it, Priscilla. You've been watching it uh, watching it closely. I you did everything you could to give them better choices uh but i i I know that you were you were talking to many of them as someone who was you know, was in the front lines of the fight to try to to get a real shared revenue package
2: yeah it uh it was a really bad uh decision um and and, and I think that you really didn't have uh any good options um and, and I think that was the intention of the majority party in, in the State Assembly and the State Senate is to 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 make you have a bad option or a worse option. And so it was a really tough vote that folks had to take. When I was in the, uh, uh, taking the vote in the Assembly, um, I had constituents calling me and asking me, when are you going to stand up to Robin Ball?" And so when we got AB 245, as, as it was known then, and some call it act 12 now. Uh, I actually voted no, because uh, it was my only opportunity to stand up against the the horrible policy, which would put 25 uh, school resource officers, AKA cops in schools. It would say that we couldn't use no uh, money for DEI or, or no tax money for diversity, equity, and inclusion. It said that we would have to find out how much our public school buildings could be sold for, and it would say that the uh, fire police commission could have no policy uh, decision making. And so my opportunity to stand up against Robin Foss was to vote no. And then uh, the decision went to the common council, and it's going to go to the county board soon, and it had to pass by two thirds vote. Um, and and so they were. They're having to make that decision. It was like, you know, you're sprinkling some seasoning on a crap sandwich. And that's really what it was. It's it's, it's, it's really no different. And, and the taste will be not that much different. However, uh, that's really what they were doing. And it passed 12 to 3. Um, there were some great uh, reasonings why people didn't want to vote for it. When you look at uh, how it's going to affect, who it's going to affect, it's going to affect um, poor people, more people who have uh, economic challenges more. Um, There are certain items that people want to be able to buy that will cost them more. And it will it will have hardships on the household uh, incomes and spending. Um, And so I understood why the three people who didn't vote for did uh, not vote for it. Um, However, there were other people who were like, given that Given all of those things, we still need these dollars. So um, we're going to take these dollars, and then we're going to fight the fight later on. We're going to live to see live to fight another day. So they took the money so they can do some of the things they want to do. There's always all 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 already been talks of how they're going to challenge this legally, and also challenging home rule and if some of these provisions in the in the bill are even legal. Um, and they're going to take those steps, but they need the money to actually take those steps. And so, uh, there were good arguments made on both sides and, um, it passed 12 to three. And so here we go. Now, um, the, the, the fight really, really kicks in at this point.
0: Yeah. And and Supreme, thanks for mentioning the, uh, the, the DEI issue, the, uh, getting the you know, value of MPS buildings piece. And then uh you shifted power from a from a from a the Democratic citizens council, the police and fire commission, uh on police back to the police chief, which is not popular anywhere. They just imposed on Milwaukee because they don't trust Milwaukee because Milwaukee is the only large BIPOC majority city in the state. It's that simple. Um so I mean, this gets to something that we deal with in political education, which is a lot of what you do with the Movement Politics Academy and your work with candidates. Sometimes elected leaders, sometimes advocates like us have to choose between two bad options. And then some people are going to try to hold you accountable for taking the lesser of the two evils. But really, they only had two choices. And the only solution here is to win more elections and take back the legislature. But what's your reflection on uh, what the Common Council just went through and at the end of July, the Milwaukee County Board will go through.
1: Like like we've heard many times, it's, it was a lose-lose situation. Uh, and there are going to continue to be times like this where people have to make those decisions. And that's why it's it's so important to have good, thoughtful people in office, ones who don't just... Jump without thinking uh, that give give their reasonings that you could tell really did think through okay, what are the benefits? what are the the cons? who is this gonna affect the most and and that's that's the hardest part of this lose lose situation is that it's impacting communities that are already heavily hit. Uh, so much by everything and this just made things even even harder because as always it's the marginalized communities that are being hit and the people who can't afford things uh, can continue to afford what they need to afford uh, so I, I appreciate both sides of this I appreciate the three who voted uh, against it and their reasonings I appreciate that the uh, the fight is not fully over that there are people who are willing to keep finding solutions. I appreciate that there are people like Supreme who are also constantly looking for solutions. So uh, it all, as I talk about almost every week, it all goes back to good people running campaigns, running for office, good people who are going to think through things and and come up with whatever the best solution can possibly be.
0: So, and you know, the only recourse is the ballot box. And if we get fairer maps, which we have to get, because these these districts are so undemocratic, we're not a democracy, Wisconsin, because it's a foregone conclusion as to who's going to control the legislature, no matter how the people vote. Um, so that there's that, but there's other recourses to lead to lead people positive that Milwaukee has other things we can do that are that that help. One is the lawsuit, Supreme mentioned, they're going to sue, and it may well be. I talked to some mayor, uh, uh, a mayor of a major city, not Milwaukee, who told me that their legal analysis would be that there's a good case, that you can't target one city's home rule in that specific way. And so that would go to the Supreme Court. And I know we're not going to have much time left in this segment. You can't see the cues, but we got less than two minutes in this segment, but then then we'll roll this into the next Supreme Uh, This affects not just Milwaukee, but every city, every county, every school board. Uh, Because President Biden uh, put through massive new investments in infrastructure and climate change, the Inflation Reduction Act should be understood as the climate bill, the the biggest investment in climate in in American history, and world history to date, actually, in terms of scale, and cities can compete for that money. And so Milwaukee... You were one of the generators of this, you and Raphael Smith and I at Citizen Action when you were on the county board in Milwaukee and former Common Council President Ashanti Hamilton, the four-year process that led to the passage this June of the Milwaukee Climate and Economic Equity Plan, which means we have a blueprint, and if we can win the money from competitive grants in the federal government, from what Governor Evers and his administration has control of, then we can actually make make positive investments in the city, regardless of whether the city has enough revenue. You were the lone voice I saw in the media supreme that really called out how the Republicans took out every climate provision. So when we come back, because we have 30 seconds, I'd like you to speak to the climate issue and then uh, what what was done in this budget and then what the opportunity is because of the workaround provided by uh, our, our president, President Biden his administration, the Democrats in Congress. So we'll be right back. We we're listening to Battleground Wisconsin. Welcome back to Battleground Wisconsin. I was just, we have Supreme Moore McCunde as a special guest, state representative from Milwaukee, who just comes back to us for, with direct uh, 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 frontline reports on what happened in the budget process and the controversial passage of a sales tax in, in the city of Milwaukee this week, and Priscilla Board, as always, our movement politics director at Citizen Action of Wisconsin. So I was just asking Supreme about, because it hasn't got as much press attention, the press attention it got was because of Supreme's advocacy, that the Republicans stripped all of the climate provisions that Governor Revers put in, because we have a climate emergency and a deadline to dramatically reduce emissions. Uh, and it, But that there are workarounds for cities and counties and school boards because of the work of, of President Biden and the, and the Democratic Congress last session. So let's start, Supreme, with what happened in the budget process and why you spoke out so boldly in the assembly floor debate.
2: Uh, thanks, uh, Robert. Yeah, so there are were a number of things to speak out against um, when it came to the to. to the way that the governor's budget was or the way that the budget was dealt with. It, it became the Republican uh, budget once they stripped out 530, you know, plus uh, things that the, the governor put in it, into it. And one of them was the environmental phase. And if anyone has been paying attention and not living under a rock, they can tell how horrible the air quality had been um, the past few weeks. Because of the the uh, the the Canadian fires and you know the governor put in things like the Office of environmental justice and he wanted to help us he had a, a clean energy plan that he wanted to put those provisions into the bill the the fact that we could take dollars from the federal government through the um, inflation reduction act and and there is this ongoing overarching uh, kind of talking points and data points about, oh, we want choice of the kind of, uh, of vehicles we want to have. We want choice of the kind of uh lawnmower that I want to mow my lawn with. If, a, if an electric lawnmower works for you, great. But I want my gas one too. It's all about freedom of choice. And it's amazing how much those words are used by people who um, uh, celebrated over the overturning of Roe uh, and want us to continue on with the horrible eighteen forty nine law um that actually invades the bodies of those of pregnant people in the state of Wisconsin. That's another story, but it just all of the provisions, all of the the provisions in the state budget that the governor, who was actually pretty bold on uh this time around, they stripped them all and they targeted them specifically Um, and they want to people want to pretend like we are not facing a climate crisis and they're having all of this pushback in the budget i spoke up against it on the board uh, on the uh, assembly floor because uh it it is it just shows the lack of integrity that some of my colleagues on the other side have uh other side of the aisle have and the lack of integrity that they have and the lack of what I would call vision that some of those folks have about what it is that we need to do. We even had Miss America come and talk to us about uh, a version of, of energy that we need to be looking for. She's a, she's a, a student at UW uh, Madison and she is studying nuclear engineering and things of that nature. And she was trying to talk to us that in, in words that they, my colleagues could hear that we need to be talking about renewable energy. And I don't I think that they just turned a deaf ear to it because uh, they just really attacked climate justice and the attempt to achieve climate justice in this budget. And. um, Because climate justice also is one of these woke topics that they want to attack that way as well. And um, so they they are we're just ridiculous with it. And um, but I'm looking forward to, you know, maybe getting new maps and, and taking the fight to them with our. Climate and jobs bill and and making them let everybody know where they stand.
0: And we're you're going to be reintroducing the climate and jobs bill, which is the 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 most the bold vo- version of what we need to do on climate and economic and racial equity. Um uh, later this year, we'll announce on Battleground, Wisconsin, and I'm sure have you back, Supreme. But in the meantime, there is positive because we we know we got to throw it to the elections, like you and Priscilla have been saying, and then we need to work like hell to win those elections. But then there is because of the massive federal investment by the uh, congressional Democrats and President Biden, opportunities for cities like Milwaukee to actually get revenue to lean into the green uh, transition revolution to create jobs to scale for people who the most good union jobs, and to uh, actually cut emissions uh, by half by 2030, as we need to do. So you were at the beginning of the, uh, of the whole climate uh, and economic equity plan in Milwaukee that passed was a huge deal here in Milwaukee uh, in June and was signed by the mayor. Uh, so why don't you talk a little bit about how that we don't have to rely on this legislature to get started on climate and economic equity.
2: Right. So yeah, thanks for that. I I, I do want to always applaud um, former uh, uh, Common Council President Ashanti Hamilton. Because as I always say, it was the task force was actually his idea, because we were sitting in his office and he was like, this sounds great. Uh, why don't we create a, a city county task force on climate and economic equity. And um, my position is always a task force is either the the best thing or the worst thing, because some people just create them so they can produce a nice good report, uh, a nice shiny report so they can say, this is what we worked on and these are the things and et cetera, or it's where you can get some real work done. And we were the latter. We were a place where we can get some real work done. We had work groups, we produced the 10 big ideas, and we are at the forefront of this fight um and there are some you know economic equity challenges that we have and we can we can address those um and the federal government is making investments uh, uh generational investments in climate justice and the Infl- inflation reduction act and some in the bipartisan infrastructure legislation as well so that we can actually get these dollars here and do this work and you know, just taking it back to the Green New Deal, a, a lot of what folks like AOC wanted to do is they wanted the local level or the local government to be really involved in the process. They wanted to release the reins, if you will, and allow local governments to take over and do their own work and not be reliant upon getting some mandate from the federal government. And so what the city county task force on climate and economic equity did was was create what is now the climate and equity plan at the city and is actually baked in to the city plan so somebody can't come along years later and say yeah we want to just get rid of this or we don't want to implement this and what that has done is that it has created an opportunity for us to do this work and the mayor is saying this is something that he supports it's something he wants to do Um, It passed almost unanimously, Um, there was one abstention, Um, and so it's something that the city is committed to, and the alders are committed to, and it's some great work that we can do, and there's also an accountability measure there too, because the president of the of the common council said to us, we want the task force to continue as kind of an accountability measure every uh so, so on, so so period of time, maybe a year or so come before us and make sure we 're doing the right thing and to that effort we've created a citizen led account accountability group, our future Milwaukee, which is going to be residents who are actually doing the work to promote climate justice and we've been meeting all this these past couple of months we 're going to kick off and do some things in 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 the fall, and so it's going to be some great work that we 're going to do um and, and so, so that was the start.
0: Go ahead. I'm sorry. And in addition, I was just going to say that Common Council President um, uh, Jose Perez put another accountability provision and he kept the task force around to annually meet and see if we're meeting the metrics, which are real metrics. So this is not about ribbon cuttings and not real stuff. Right. But I just want to right, exactly. transition out uh, Supreme. Uh, just you mentioned the Green New Deal and the, low, the, the distributed distributing power to local areas to, to democracy, right? right. Small scale democracy. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez says that the Inflation Reduction Act, which is really a climate bill, embodies the principles, of the Green New Deal resolution. Some people may be stunned by that. We need to continue to go further, as President Biden agrees, if reelected. And the reason is that's why the money is going a lot of the money is available to cities, counties, school districts, but they have to apply for it and also available if the state will share the money they're getting. And so there's a funding mechanism that's not rely on the legislature. Um, but I wanna right. I wanna touch on one other budget issue uh before we finish this segment or at least start it. And that is, sure. you know, we've been digging in on the horrendous education deal that was made for a still horrendous shared revenue deal. Um and that that put vouchers on a path to be better funded than uh, than, than public education, uh, for example. Um, but there there was a big element where Governor Evers right now the state only pays thirty percent of uh, the cost of special education, which harms the districts. The poorer districts have the most special needs kids. To, it, it actually takes from their per pupil, and they don't have adequate resources mm-hmm. to do it, and so. Uh, They didn't do that. They gave a a measly 3% increase for public schools. But a devastating report came out this week that the schools are so under-resourced, and I'm sure they need training as well, so I think some of this is knowing what to do, but some of this is resources, that uh, almost 6,000 kids in the last year uh, were put, were were faced seclusion, like put alone, because they were somehow getting in the way of instruction, and 7,000 in restraints. And these are mostly elementary school kids with disabilities. So I think that report points to the crisis in special education that this legislature has decided to turn a blind eye to. So I want, Priscilla, why don't you start? We have a minute, then we'll pick it up in the next segment.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um... I I've been thinking a lot about the word choice that we've been talking about and how it's so interesting uh when interesting isn't the right word but uh, interesting when the word choice comes comes in and that uh you know a lot of people want the uh, yes we should have the choice if you want to send your kid to a private school but it should not be a choice of where that taxpayer money goes, and but it, but we don't want a choice when it comes to reproductive rights. Uh, so it's it's heartbreaking to constantly be reminded of all the work that we all put in that lit put in that block put in that MTA put in to 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 fix. MPX, to make better, to make MPS a stronger place that is, it's, it's, it's gone. Uh, we're going to have to fight all over again. Uh, so it's, uh, there are some small good parts of this budget, but it, it cannot be overlooked of all the work that we now have ahead of us, again, that we, we fought so hard for the students. Uh, and we're right back where we started from just a couple of years ago now.
0: We're at break. I'm just gonna say it's 19th century to imagine uh kids with disabilities in restraints. I mean, just think about that. And then the legislature, the undemocratic, un- unfairly elected legislature turns a blind eye. So let's take we need to take a break, and then we will uh we're gonna de- delve into some uh culture uh, some of the big culture war issues that are now facing wisconsin and then we'll have a special desk for the last segment you're listening to battleground wisconsin welcome back to battleground wisconsin uh this is robert craig uh, executive director of citizen action joined by priscilla bort the movement politics director of citizen action of wisconsin uh, we've been joined the first two segments and this next segment by a special guest, State Representative Supreme Moore McCunde, Democrat from Milwaukee. We will be joined soon uh, to uh, by Kirk Bandstad, who many of you know, the president of Monarcha Brewery. There is a, an issue with culture wars and the the way the right doesn't tolerate dissent that is directly affecting the Northwoods and his brewery. But we'll get to that when we uh, when we when we have Kirk lay it out. And uh, by the way, that's great beer to uh, drink in the summer. A lot of great varieties of Vinaca Brewing Company beer. So let me start with, there's a a couple of big culture war issues. I thought we were going to lead with one, and then the other one really became national news uh, this week. Um, We had a Waukesha teacher, um, and her name is Melissa Temple. Fired, and she was fired, and the vote was unanimous Wednesday night by the Waukesha School Board uh, for trying to have uh, to, to have Rainbow Land in an elementary school play. She's an elementary school teacher in Waukesha, and then daring to object when they, in a very non-transparent way, said it violated their controversial issues policy. They did not explain even why it's controversial. Rainbow Land is a very popular. Dolly Parton uh, song about tolerance and inclusion. There is no, there's no objectionable language of any kind in Rainbow Land. It is the softest, friendliest um, song you can imagine. I released, re-listened to it. I didn't remember it being edgy. And so it just tells you that anything that suggests inclusion and all of us being ourselves and being accepted is now anathema on the right. And they're trying to use this as a wedge to win elections because they're certainly not providing economic benefits. Their policies are for big corporations and the rich. So I want to get reactions uh, Priscilla, why don't we get your reaction first, then Supreme, uh, to what's going on? And there's Washington Post. It's all over the place because Dolly Parton is responding very effectively on, on on social media to, toward the actions of the principal in Waukesha and now the whole school board.
1: Yeah, um, it's a cute song. And to have like a little first grader sing it would also be super cute. Uh, and it's frustrating um, but you know we're we're seeing this. this is to of course tie it back to moon politics this is why school boards really matter. Um, I know a lot of people quickly write off school boards and running for a school board, but the school board of not that many people just voted to get rid of this this teacher. this could set a really dangerous precedent for teachers and educators and staff. Going forward, that you know, soon. I mean, Waukesha County and other places have already tried to come for safe space signs and stickers, simply saying like, "Oh, my classroom is a safe space." Oh, you can't have that sticker up on your on your door. Uh, and so, this this could be a really slippery slope. That's why uh, school boards matter. That's why going to school board meetings testifying, being involved, showing support um, for, for teachers like this uh, and letting teachers know like, hey, you've got the support of your students, of your students' families, of the district. This is why it's so important. But it's, it's scary to think about what a slippery slope this could quickly turn into.
0: Right, so we're demonizing LGBTQ plus kids. who are vulnerable of a much higher suicide rate than than kids who are who are not LGBTQ plus, uh, because not we one side, because they will do anything, harm anyone in order to gain political advantage and pay on pre- play on prejudice, play on things that are unfamiliar, and trans folks are unfamiliar to most Americans. Uh, they Uh, they they all know gay people most americans do but they don't all know trans people that's newer and therefore you can create the worst emotions othering emotions about it but supreme um you both have been batting down culture war attacks in the legislature we'll have another one next there's a new one this week but i think you even know this teacher uh michelle temple and uh, obviously have a perspective on what is going on here as well. So, yeah, Well, what do, what do you think about this? Well,
2: uh, I, I know Melissa from the, the by days in River West, um, when she worked in NPS, and she is an outstanding um, teacher. She is a great teacher. And the thing is, is that teachers are often some of the most outspoken people in our communities as well. And I think um, as Priscilla talked about, this is a slippery slope because we're gonna lose a lot of good teachers with this so-called anti-woke um, uh, philosophy that they that they have. We're gonna lose a lot of good teachers or teachers are gonna feel like, well, I can't really use, you because know, teaching is both art and science at the same time. And they can't use their ability to communicate with their young people in the way that they can affirm their young people and all of their young people et cetera and so we're going to lose some great um instructors and every couple of years we get this party that is kind of uh uh, uh campaigning or they're or they're yielding to these snowflakes um in in their uh in their base or or the their snowflakiness themselves and they get upset over letters before it was crt um i remember it was something that had to do with, with police funding. And it wasn't even critical race theory. And they went up in arms about that. Uh, now it's DEI. And and I know that Robin Voss is, is known for saying that DEI is division exclusion and indoctrination. And they're always afraid someone wants to indoctrinate their children um, into a way that's against them, so on and so forth. And they get on the floor, they misquote Dr. King, and they talk about this colorblind society and they talk about how wokeness is ruining our society, et cetera, um, to the point that young people can't even be affirmed by a song. And as a Montessori kid who sang a bunch of songs when I was in school, I take personal offense to that.
0: Yeah, and apparently, Part of this is we can't have nice things because of bigotry and their ability to take advantage of it. And as the teaser, we'll get to apparently we can't have nice things like Monaco Brewery either. So we'll get to that with Kirk Banstead. Uh, but we have another culture war issue that is going to be before you, Supreme, and your colleagues in the legislature. Uh, the bills to ban trans women from, uh, oops, uh, to, the, the bill to ban uh, trans women from participating in women's sports reintroduced, more targeting uh, pr- a solution looking for a problem. There is no problem other than fear and panic that they're generating for political reasons. Uh, so, Priscilla, uh, what is your reaction? We expect this to pass because we have an undemocratic legislature with people who don't who have not earned their seats because they're in rigged districts. And uh, they'll pass it, and Governor Evers will veto it. But still, they get to foment this so that they can try to win elections on it. Which is all they care about is power.
1: Yeah, it's 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 a power thing. It's about stirring up uh, uh, feelings of, of fear when that's not a thing. Uh, people want to participate in sports. It's as simple as that. Let kids play. That's 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 it. Uh, and so like. As, as good as it is to know that like this won't get to its final stage, like thankfully we do have a democratic governor uh, who's not gonna let things like this go through, but it's just exhausting that they just keep trying. Uh, kids are just supposed to go to school and also have fun uh, and they wanna play sports and we should just let them play sports. Uh, they're not taking away, trans kids are not taking away anything from cisgendered kids. Uh, they're simply living and playing sports and having fun and being a kid uh, and to to have this go beyond K-12 as well. We're now looking at uh, trans folks getting scholarships taken away and not being able to have access to those same colleges then as they try to play sports in college and also have fun. Uh, so it's it's good to know that it won't get as far but it's frustrating that it keeps getting introduced that kids just aren't allowed to just simply be kids that they have to have all this extra pressure on them for people who have no say in what their bodies are
0: yeah right um and it we got to recognize the damage and trying to mitigate it because this is causing people to uh to to feel a certain way about their lives their acceptance and in the worst cases actually uh, commit suicide but just go through pain and trauma and suffering even if it stops short of suicide it's just horrendous it takes a lot of courage i would say as a gay man that was in the closet for a very long time uh for these young people to come out and 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 tell the world in these conditions that uh, who they are i mean just they're the courageous ones the cowards are the ones who are doing this uh, but Supreme, I know you get to debate this on the floor and you did it last session, but uh, what's your quick reaction? We got a minute left in the segment.
2: Well, I, I mean, first and foremost, I, I think that people are taking the, the approach that if I pretend like trans people don't exist, then they don't exist, which is not, in fact, the reality. And, and, and we can't be you know disappearing trans young people and trans folks in general. And the fact that we're again, once again, attacking trans youth for power grabs, and uh, the fact that we can say, okay, this is the major problem that you're having in your life is these trans young people want to take over your schools and take opportunities from your cisgender kids, which just is, isn't the, isn't the case. And they're they're fear mongering once again. And um, there are those of my colleagues, those are my colleagues who are in my caucus who are great about this, folks like uh, Christina Shelton, Elise Nadgras um who are awesome um on this issue and and i usually take from them um, on on these kinds of issues but i want to make sure that all our trans kids know that we love them and we support them and we have their back
0: thank you very much supreme we're at the end of this segment and when we come back we're going to have kirk bangstead uh, the head of the owner founder of manaqua brewing company and then Supreme, uh, Supreme, you can hang with us as long as you can, but we understand that you may need to drop off at some point and, and turn to the people's business. So well, whatever you're able to do. So we'll be right back. You are listening to Battleground Wisconsin. Welcome back to Battleground Wisconsin. This is Robert Craig, Executive Director of Citizen Action of Wisconsin. as promised, we have Kirk Banstead, uh, the head of the Manaqua Brewing Company for our really our third piece of the culture war, but the culture war against good beer. <laughs> Apparently, we, can, we can't have you know acceptance of trans kids. We can't have Dolly Parton songs about acceptance uh, at school plays, and we can't have good beer. Minacqua Brewing Company is very good beer. So, Kirk, thanks for joining us.
3: Uh, thanks for having me on, Robert. It's great to see you again. I, I l- always love... Uh, Gaining. My brain gets worked a little harder when I uh, interact with you because you're such a smart guy and you're so well spoken. So thanks a lot for having me on.
0: Well, thank you. I try, but um, (laughs) we all try. But you are very sharp spoken in a good populist way and have built a big (laughs) following because you uh, speak plainly. Yeah. So. Oh, and so why don't you speak plainly about what you're facing as a business now up in the North woods? <laughs> that has gotten uh, uh, obviously uh, so dangerously red that it's not safe for good beer.
3: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, most a lot of people probably in your audience have heard about what we've been trying to do. You know, back in 2020, I was so frustrated that as a restaurant owner that I had to, uh, uh, you know, that they had uh, allowed the, the anti-mask world in Wisconsin. It was just ruining our industry. Uh, I hung a huge Biden sign up on, on my wall. Uh, it made national news. My county tried to make, make me take it down. It was against Supreme Court precedent, you know, uh, from another law in Arizona that just said you can't regulate the size of speech. It made my county look like idiots uh, because, you know, obviously, they don't know about Supreme Court precedent. From then on, We've raised about $1.2 million in my super PAC to try to get Tony Evers elected to talk about Ron Johnson, how he was a, a traitor to our country, Tom Tiffany, Scott Fitzgerald, they aided and abetted the insurrection. We sued them. We put signs up all over the all over the state uh, to try to get Janet Pro to say what's elected. So I'm we're basically a threat. And in Oneida County uh, in 2020, Biden won by five more thousand votes than uh, than Hillary Clinton did in 2016, uh, which means that we're making a difference. Uh, I'm not going to say it's all me, but I think potentially me is giving people courage to to come out of the woodwork up in Oneida County. So I've become a threat. We're going to have a voucher. We're going to we're going to sue to try to get rid of all the voucher schools in Wisconsin. Now they're talking about me on conservative uh, talk radio. So so that that's all to say that the town of Monaca in Oneida County, which is run by MAGA Republicans, really don't want me to exist anymore up north. Um, so what they've tried to do is they've set up all these uh, impossible to follow rules that have limited me from serving beer outside in Wisconsin, at a brewery that's licensed by the state and the federal government uh they put up all these regulations to to restrict me I've got hundreds of people coming to my tap room every day. It's a beautiful place to go in the summertime, and people are buying beer from me indoors, which is part of my permit that I have to follow but they're but they're sitting at tables that are still connected to my building but somehow considered outside by my county and uh, instead of giving me a citation about this uh, they have scheduled a hearing on july 26th to pull my permit to do business there's been no there's been other than saying i shouldn't do this there's been no fine no citation there's just a meeting to uh to to take away my permit to do business in about 10 days
0: to cancel you
3: to cancel me exactly by rules that no other business up in Manaqua has to adhere to. If you go within a football field of me, in any direction, you will find a restaurant or a bar with outdoor seating where people are freely in a, freely laughing and, and drinking alcohol, uh, in a, within a football field. And even even more, part of the rules they're using is saying I can't have a beer garden, is that I have to put Uh, I have to put a minimum level of parking in my new area. Uh, This is in around the country, minimum parking minimums have roundly been derided as a as an artifact from the past. Um, And because who wants to have asphalt filled small towns? I mean, it's ridiculous. So but they're they've they've been able to, you know, like stop me from being outdoors because they're, they're saying I should build a parking lot. They've given 174 parking exemptions to other businesses in the last two years. They refuse to give me six. I mean, this is an obvious lawsuit uh, is waiting to happen. However, they've scheduled this meeting. So there's, I have another conditional use permit in the works that was supposed to be voted on in June that acknowledges this parking differential. They know that if they schedule this vote, they have to give me the, park, the beer garden because there will be a lawsuit. They've delayed the vote by two months and have scheduled this meeting to pull my permit uh, to do business four days before the vote was scheduled on the beer garden, which means that if they, if they can make me put me out of business before they have to vote on my beer garden, then they don't have to vote on the beer garden at all uh, which, which means they don't have to go on record doing something completely illegal, which is denying me the parking exemptions they've been giving every other business that's asked for them in the last two years.
0: So one of their tricks is they accuse us of doing what they're doing. So we see at the national level, they're talking about uh, the Biden administration weaponizing the government. And the only side that's been tried to weaponize the government and infamously is, is Donald Trump and President Biden, if anything, has been so cautious to follow norms that he hasn't fully addressed everything they did in the Trump administration. And putting Merrick Garland in his AG is an example where the process of prosecuting, you know, an attempted insurrection has been painfully slow until recently. And so they've weaponized their own government, right? Your government of Oneida County to go after you based on, on your views, the most un-American thing you can imagine. And <laughs> They say to us that it's hyperbole for progressives and democrats to say that this is a threat to democracy, that we have a rising autocracy, right? But ultimately, it seems like they are so intolerant that they will tolerate no one who doesn't agree with them. That this is along the path to authoritarian governments, where you can't—you have to go in line with whatever the uh, uh, whatever is said. And whatever the position is of the authoritarian government. And if so it's feeling like they're making the Northwoods authoritarian that we can't have good beer. And this is a very popular brewery, uh, with with uh with excellent beer. And my God, the outside seating thing. I know most of our listeners from Wisconsin would <laughs> know about the outside seating. I I was at a I was hiking uh, a couple of weeks ago in the Appalachian Mount in the uh, Shenandoah Mountains. And there's a huge brewery right near the Appalachian Trail at the Virginia, West Virginia border called uh Bear Chase Brewery. And it has the most gorgeous outdoor seating. I'm sure this is the reddest area imaginable, right? And views <laughs> are the mountains and just gigantic. And this is just this is just a thing. But I they probably haven't offended the uh powers that be in whatever county that is
3: i mean it it, it truly i mean i I haven't been to belarus robert but holy cow i i feel like i feel like i'm living in belarus right now uh in northern wisconsin the 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 government here uh has no desire to actually govern uh and 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 build the economy and build and help business and you know and and have an open exchange of ideas there's absolutely no desire to do that there's no there's only a desire to have an iron hold on power and to give each other a leg up on construction opportunities. you know, Passing things in, in, a, in, a municipal, in a municipal meeting that nobody goes to, nobody cares about, that helps each other. This has been a problem we've had throughout, throughout the ages, uh, but, but because I, you know, I, I've seen it firsthand now and I'm learning about it and, it and it's just appalling to me that these things can happen in America.
0: And I, I do think, and this goes back to to, to fascism in the thirties, if you don't step up when other people's rights are abridged, ultimately there's no one to stand up for you. That there's a choice here, that we all come together, to defend everyone's rights, or we give up everyone's rights. And so. I'm going to, I want to, um, you know, I I see that Representative Moore McConday is still here, see if he has a comment or a question for Kirk, but let me just say as far as promotion here, which we can do, um, I I would say that for, for the beers that Kirk's brewery offers, which also can be gotten in cans and in many locations, Uh, My favorite personal favorite is law, a strong vice presidential porter named after Kamala Harris and AOC IPA uh, (laughs) after Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. But uh, I don't know if Supreme or Priscilla have a favorite or not, but Supreme, uh, you're on this, you serve with whichever state representative is over Minocqua. Any thoughts on this? Any, any, uh, yeah, any statement or any questions for Kirk?
2: Yeah, uh, I, I I was chiming in, and, and, and I I love the idea that uh, they often accuse us of doing the things that they want to do um, that that they're actually doing. So my my big concern is who's helping you organize around this? Who is making noise with you? Because the the thing is is that what what uh, some sometimes my colleagues on the other side of the aisle like to do is have things pass in the middle of the night when nobody's paying attention. And then they'll say, well, nobody said anything. We assumed that they just supported what we were doing. And so there's been no noise about this. Nobody is against what we're doing. So who is helping you make that noise and who is organizing with you?
3: Well, we just uh, reported I just found out they they did pass it in the night. There was a hearing scheduled that they didn't tell me about in 10 days. That was going to shut my business down. I didn't know that this hearing was even going to happen. Uh, So somebody alerted me to that. Uh, I called Robert. He's a friend of mine. And I was like, you guys know how to organize. Uh, You know, you know, I need some help. And he's like, well, let's put you on the podcast uh, today, you know, because because this will get the word out. Um, and then I got a friend, Pat Kreitlow, uh, up North News, who uh, who I told about. And he's like, let's get you on my radio show that goes all around Wisconsin. Let's let's alert people to this. So we're going to have a protest uh, uh, on a Saturday at two o'clock, uh, uh, July 22nd, uh, up in Managua. It's going to be at the at the municipal building. Um, but I, I, you know, I haven't other than that date i haven't gotten that far yet so we're, we're gonna do that and then i'm gonna hope everybody shows up at this meeting at the uh, in rhineland or the county board meeting at uh, i believe it's check my facebook page but i believe it's the 26th of july and i think it's at one o'clock p.m
0: oh great i'm yeah, right. I, for, I just learned it too that's great um and in fact uh uh, my brother Ted Craig, who's a, a progressive leader in his own right with WEAC guy and listener to the podcast, he may be able to swing up and patronize your brewery this weekend, but I don't know. I I i love I don't know if I can swing up or not, but I, I'd love to we uh, anyone who can, good beer, good friends and standing up to autocracy.
3: And free beer at the end of the protest and potentially some live music, because I know a little bit, of, a little bit or two about live music and free beer. So that, that'll be the reward. If you come help me raise some, uh, raise a ruckus in Manaqua in a week.
0: Kirk knows how to party and our good friend Pat Kreitlow, also a listener to the podcast and I've been a guest on up on on the Up North News radio show, uh, will be getting the word out. He has a big microphone, former state senator from the Eau Claire area and now running the Up North News system. So we're out of time. But thank you very much. This has been great and in Matt's absence. Uh, thank you, uh, up to Priscilla always, to Supreme Moore McConday, our one of our favorite state representatives, and, uh, and one of our favorite brewers, uh, Kirk Bangstead, and now activists, You're not just a brewer. You're more than a brewer, just like Sam, Ab- Sam Adams is more than a brewer, right? <laughs> and so there's a, there's a tradition of that. And you know, Ben Franklin allegedly said, it's probably made up, that uh, God made beer because he loves us. So that's my tolerant solution close to our, our, our little podcast here on intolerance and the answer, which is love and tolerance and accepting everyone. Uh, so thank you very much. And thank you to our producer, Brian Woolridge. Uh, we will be back next week. You've been listening to Battleground Wisconsin.